0: Easter Resurrection Sunday, and it is this uh, glorious day by which we celebrate our Savior, Jesus Christ, right, and his power over sin and death, whereby freeing us from the bondage of sin and death through the good news of the gospel. And last week, Lord willing, you were here. If you didn't, I'm sorry. Uh, because it was absolutely beautiful, Pentecost Sunday was glorious, not just because of what happened that Sunday, but also because we are celebrating Pentecost because of the, the intercessor that comes into our lives, this truth, this spirit of truth, this comforter, the Holy Spirit who enters our lives at the moment of conversion, the moment of our salvation in Christ, enters our lives empowers us to do wonderful and great things which leads us to where we are this morning because the question may be this morning at least as i see it is what do we do now what now right we have easter great pentecost glorious (laughs) and now what right what are we rolling into now And so I think what I want us to see this morning is what happens after Easter. In other words, what does Easter and Pentecost produce? What is it that flows out of these two great events? That's the question. That's, That's what we're after this morning. The better part of my adolescent life, young life, I played and I loved sports, absolutely loved them. You could not keep me at home sitting in front of a TV or anything. I was always out, grew up um, on a sandlot with a group of boys. Um, so if you've seen that movie, Sandlot, that was my life, right, growing up. Um, that, was, that was it for me. It's all we did. We were always playing, either basketball or Baseball, typically, in Illinois, you, didn't play, you just don't play football in Illinois. Um, and if you know anything about Illinois and college sports in Illinois, you would know that most college teams in Illinois are terrible at football. And that's why we just, kids don't grow up playing football in Illinois. So mind you, I, as I played sports, I wasn't exceptionally gifted. No, I, I, I definitely had people in my life that just kept me grounded, so to speak, right? And these individuals in my life that kept me grounded were my coaches. And where this typically happened was in huddles, right? If you know anything about playing sports, especially basketball, um, there are wonderful things that can happen in huddles. So whether it was at the pitcher's bound, because I pitched, huddled together with my coach. Or at the bench in basketball, huddling together with my teammates around my coach, there were exceptional things that happened. If you know anything about the game of football, it is amazing what can happen in a 25-second huddle with a football team, right? Any more of not even 25 seconds. I mean, it's, it's just rapid fire. But huddles are, they're a part of the game, They're a necessary part of playing sports. And that is exactly what you really see here in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Jesus is taking now the 11, right? They're 11 now. They're no longer 12. Judas Iscariot is now out of the picture. He's now taking the 11. He's huddling together with them. And he is saying, here's the game plan. This is what you're now going to do. So here is the answer to the now what question. Here is what Easter and Pentecost produce. And Matthew, the writer of this gospel, he is wanting his readers to see this connection. right? The connection on one hand of the resurrection and these words at the end of his book that we're now digging into. So Jesus here in these verses is telling his disciples, he's telling all Christians everywhere, life-shaping words. Jesus is instructing the church as to what you are now, what you and me are what we're now to be doing. And what he says should be, should be direct, should be something that describes And something that defines your life and my life. And so I I think there is gravity to this passage. We, as St. Paul's, have to get these words right. Right? Those words that you see every day. I don't know if you've ever noticed, them. there they are. you got to get them right. You can't fail at that commission. Because that's what defines us. That's what describes us. So my aim this morning is to show you two, very quickly, just two life-changing truths that flow right out of this text. Here's life-changing truth number one. It is a life-changing proclamation. Life-changing proclamation. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because, because you see it every morning. You've heard this probably Countless times, verses 19 through 20. Three parts, right? First part is, go therefore and make disciples of every nation. Second part, put a marker on their life. What's the marker? Baptism, right? That's why we get baptized. So we're marked as Christ's own. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Third part. Teach them all that I have commanded you. So go, make disciples, baptize, teach. Three parts. I think if you were just to take those three parts and just, if we could, just just practically, just sum it up, I think it's this. Christianity is a missionary faith. Christianity is a missionary faith. We should aim to make disciples of every group building up God's kingdom in His church amongst every people. That should be the heart of what we're about. We do not spread our faith by war. Let me make that very clear. <laughs> so we're not arguing. We're not this isn't like, I'm going to make you believe. Uh, No, that's not it. So, right, we're not spreading it by war or by violence, but by the proclamation of great news and a demonstration of the love of the Holy Spirit that's within our hearts. So it is Easter, and it is Pentecost together that we take to the world. We make disciples with truth. We make disciples with prayer and love and sacrifice, not with swords, not with bullets, not with bombs, right? Luke 10.3 is the perfect verse, right? Luke 10.3 says, go, right? Jesus says, go. So there it is again. Go, I send you out as, can you finish it? As lambs in the midst of wolves. Right? Notice he doesn't say, I send you out as wolves <laughs> to devour sheep. No, you're the sheep, and I'm sending you to the wolves that may devour you. It may come to that. And so the question is, where do we go then? So, Jesus, where do I go? Let me. We could spend a lot of time here, but let me just give you some practical, applicational places that we can go one in particular namely tomorrow is we go to kids camp right kids camp is all week so i'm going to kids camp with the gospel with this life-changing proclamation there are going to be children filling this room that need to hear the gospel of christ so that their lives will be changed forever to the glory of god right so we we can go to kids camp Take this life-changing proclamation. We can go to places like Kenya or places like Honduras, right, where we can, where we can even participate, even here in Somerville, by buying shoes for kids who don't have shoes and don't have many shoes. So we're demonstrating the love of Christ and pouring into their lives, changing them forever. But I think this is really where the rubber meets the road. You go to the marketplaces of life, right? Because the question is really, where are you going to go tomorrow, right? And most of us in here would answer, going to go to work. (laughs) Sorry to remind you, right? Get up in the morning, you got to go to work. And so it may be a mechanic, it may be a lawyer, you may be a doctor, right? Maybe a teacher. You're going to go to work and you're going to take this life-changing proclamation to co-workers and employees, right? You may be a business owner. You're taking it to your employees. You may be a stay-at-home mother. You know where your mission field is? It's the home, right? Have lots of babies, right? Have lots of children, building them up in the faith. I'm actually being serious. It's a glorious thing what the Prescotts are doing, right? Having children, these arrows, he put in a quiver, they do it well. <laughs> Congratulations, brother, by the way, right? So it's our, our nests, our homes, mothers, it's Pouring into your children, perhaps your husband. You you husbands, it is this dutiful delight of pouring over your wife the word of God. Just washing her with the word, as Paul says in Ephesians 5. It's that. It's laying your hands on your children at night and begging Christ to change their hard hearts because you can't do it. Life changing proclamation. Secondly, it is a life shaping instruction. So, secondly, life shaping instruction. This is the glorious part of this passage, really. Because sandwiched between this life changing proclamation are two statements that are at the heart of you doing this great commission. Namely, verse 18, when Jesus says, what? All authority is given to me on heaven and in earth. I have all authority. And secondly, at the end of verse 20, I would highlight this, underline it, circle it. Behold, I am what? I'm with you always. I will be with you. So I I think this is the way that we read this text. Since Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, and since he will be with us until the end of the age, always, therefore, we now go. We now depart. In the power of Christ, we now take this. This beautiful message to people everywhere. You see it? Cause what I often hear from people is this this is, this is not for me. I mean, I, I appreciate your passion of preaching this text, and but you know, there is something so intimidating about sharing the gospel with my coworkers. It's just sorry. I'm just, I can't do it. Or what I hear from students is, do you know what's going to happen to me if I actually let my peers know that I follow Jesus? Do you have any clue at all? I will be branded. And so the encouragement, right? I want to just be courageous with you for these moments of looking at these two beautiful truths, right? And just say, you can. You can do it courageously because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ. He has all authority over the natural universe. So let's just break this down a little bit. He has all authority over natural objects, laws, forces, stars, galaxies, planets, meteorites, wind, rain, lightning, authority over atoms, electrons, neutrons, protons, DNA. He has authority over all plants, all animals, authority over all the parts and functions of the human body. There is nothing in heaven or on earth over which Jesus does not have authority. You hearing it? The scope and the magnitude of the authority of Christ is infinite. Why? Because he demonstrated through the resurrection that he is the son of God. He is God. To the glory of the Father. And you know like we can shake our fist at him and we can point our finger. You know what's going to happen one day? You and I and everyone else that's ever lived is going to bow the knee and confess what? That he is Jesus Christ, Lord of Lords, King of Kings to the glory of the Father. Period. Period. Everyone will bow the knee everyone's going to fall on their face. You ain't going to say a word. You will be prostrate, and I will be with you. So you can, because Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You can, because Jesus says, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so my prayer this week has been that the Holy Spirit would open your eyes To see who it is that gives this comfort to us. Right? It's this Jesus who has all authority over everything in heaven and on earth. That's the one who gives you this comfort that I will be with you always. This Jesus with all authority over every enemy. Right? I want to tell students that. You have enemies, I understand that. But you know who has authority over those enemies? Jesus Christ. Over every enemy, every disease, every calamity. Promises to be with you. Oh, the preciousness of the new covenant bought with his blood. I will be their God and they shall be what? My people, according to Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-three, I will not turn away from them to do them good. I will work everything together for their good. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness so that we can face the worst threats and say with the apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4, Everyone deserted me, but the Lord stood what by me. And gave me strength. Who speaks this to us? (laughs) The one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. My prayer this week has been that you will respond and engage. Respond and engage. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit would just lay names on your heart and your mind. Just a name. A face perhaps a loved one that has never accepted the saving grace and the gospel of the good news of Christ. So what now? In a few moments, we will leave this room and we will go into the mission fields of life. And we will do this with God's help for the supremacy of Jesus Christ and the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Please stand with me.